Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 36 of the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful week. And before we dive into this week's episode, I just wanted to share my gratitude for all of you who have written in over the past, what is it, eight months that we've been doing this with feedback and stories about how my show has resonated with you. Everything that you've written in, it really means the world to me. I say it every week, but it really does keep me going from week to week and you know, keeps this podcast running. So we have two recent reviews on Apple Podcasts that I really wanted to share with you all today. First up, Alan1959 says, Thank you for sharing all of this great information. I really enjoy your podcasts and find them very motivating. Thank you so much for the kind words. And then Taylor, who was a guest on our podcast just a couple of weeks ago, says, I was lucky enough to be interviewed by Valerie, which led me to listening to all of her past episodes. She's a natural podcaster and so great at breaking down actionable takeaways from each interview. Highly recommend. Thank you so much, Taylor. I always want my episodes to feel like a conversation among friends, like we're all out at a coffee shop chatting about life. And I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you as part of this community, whether you are tuning in for the first time today or you've been listening since day one. And I hope to hear from all of you as this journey continues. Now, before I go any further, I wanted to share a trigger warning for today's conversation. Our guest and I talk about mental health and suicidal ideation in this week's episode. So if you are struggling and need emotional support, I encourage you to seek guidance from a mental health professional or utilize one of the free resources I've linked in the show notes as well. Please know that you're not alone and that you really do matter. Now, today's guest is Halima Yates, the founder of Lovemark and author of the new book, Dissolving the Anchor, Untethering Dysphoria and Self-Doubt to Create an Empowered Life. Halima shares her mental health journey and her struggles with suicidal ideation and how she developed a life of purpose. In this conversation, we discuss the power of forgiving ourselves, how to pursue true happiness, fostering healthy relationships in our lives, and why it is important for us to keep sharing our stories. She also shares ways that we can support friends and loved ones in our lives who may be struggling with their mental health, and we talk about how those in marginalized groups can practice self-care and protect their energy during times of unrest and discrimination. It's an important conversation, and I was incredibly inspired by Halima's story of resilience and hope. I know you will be too, so without further ado, let's hear from Halima Yates. Hi, Halima. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, Valerie. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be a part of your podcast. I love it. So thank you. Thank you so much. I can't wait to hear your story and get to share with our listeners today. So before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my name is Halima. I am the owner of Lovemark. It's a coaching company that guides people to value themselves and others. We're based in Denver, Colorado, but we work with clients nationally and internationally. Uh, So what we do is we provide self-empowerment workshops to foster social, emotional, mental wellness and diversity, equity, inclusion training to endorse humanizing perceptions of others or of each other. uh, So we may cultivate and uphold respectful, equitable, inclusive environments. Uh, So I I just want to say that even though I have collaborated with others or created my own program to to build self-esteem and promote social justice off and on for 20 years, I started Lovemark four years ago, originally planning for it to be a company that focused on celebrating kindness. 
I wanted to promote happiness and bring people together by exhibiting the various ways we leave our mark in the world with love. But then I just, and that's still important to me, but I, I started thinking about the struggles we face individually and as a society. So I decided to provide programs to get to the root of what causes our battles. So we may explore life-changing solutions where we can then genuinely leave our mark with love for and on, the, on the world for a long term. So also in addition to running my company, Love Mark, I also uh, just self-published my book. Uh, it's called Dissolving the Anchor, Untethering Dysphoria and Self-Doubt to Create an Empowered Life. Uh, this book is a part memoir, part self-help guide that consists of narratives, poetry, and amazing illustrations that I commissioned from artists worldwide, giving you a real and raw look into the experiences that caused my negative self-image, low self-esteem, how it led to substance use and suicidal ideation. I then detail how I came out of that struggle to change my mindset to finally value myself, stop self-sabotaging self behavior, and live a life that I choose throughout my adulthood. I think that's incredibly inspiring. I love the idea behind Love Mark and celebrating kindness, especially in the world we're in today. I think that's something we need more than ever. And everything that we're doing as a society right now with all of the unrest in the world, I think that what you're doing is incredible. And I absolutely loved your book. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what inspired you to write Dissolving the Anchor? And what does Dissolving the Anchor exactly mean? Yeah, so this book... Actually, I it was about you know, 20 years ago, I, I actually started writing a book and it was going to be more of like a poetry book, but it just wasn't right. Like off and on, I kept going back to it over the years and, and it just, it wasn't really what I wanted it to be. And, and when I started Love Mark, that's when, when I was leading the workshops and receiving certain feedback and seeing the impact, I realized then what I wanted this book to be and and what I wanted to say and how I could create it to make sure that it was more effective for the reader. So yeah, I just, I wanted to use my experience in order to be able to help others. So I just feel like when you come from a place of experience, if I can find anyone that can relate to that, if there's anything I can do to, to provide any type of guidance, I, I want to do what I can. Um, so dissolving the anchor, it, it's basically anything that is preventing you from loving yourself, preventing you from doing what you want to do, being who you truly are, be, having happiness. So anything that is preventing you from living the life that you want to live, that's your anchor. And there are ways to of what we can do in order to dissolve that, ways to make sure that we're aware of why are we holding ourselves back? What is bringing on our sadness or anger? And, and what can we do to resolve those issues? So dissolving the anchor has to do with being aware of unresolved trauma or harmful experiences and, and what's going on currently in your life that's holding you back. So you can be aware of what you have within you to be able to um, resolve those issues and, and be able to move forward in your life, living the way you want to live. Uh, and I, I do want to share, though, that um, I definitely you know, wrote this book to use my experience and provide any type of, a of advice um, to guide people to emotionally heal know their value, know their capacity to manage and overcome adversities and end their pain, not end their life. But I, I, I want to share that I am not writing or speaking from a clinical perspective. Any guidance that I offer is from, as I shared before, lived experience and also traveling the world to hear others' perspectives and, and then doing research and from having cognitive behavior technique training. So um, it, it all comes from that. And it's so important to, to know that I'm, I'm not, you know, saying, hey, read my book and your, your life will instantly change or you'll become a millionaire or anything like that. It's, 
it's transformation takes time and it's a lot of work. And I'm also not some rich person with millions of dollars. I don't have a mansion, fancy cars, or wear expensive designer clothes. I'm just an everyday person who's using my story to share that my success is that I'm here today. And if I ch- and if it's up to me, I choose to see tomorrow. My success is also based on the foundation of being aware of what causes me to believe I'm nothing, not enough, or I don't matter. And to accept that as truth and know my value. Uh, success for me is knowing how to manage and overcome adversities. And for me to be aware of my decision to live each day being true to who I am and, and purposely make choices that create the experiences I want in life. So um, that's that's what I'm offering with this book. I think that's absolutely beautiful. And when you said that transformation takes time, it reminded me of a line from your book that transformation may not be instant, but it becomes constant. And I'd love to know what guided you here. You share your story in the book of that journey that you took. And I'd love for our listeners to get to hear a little bit of that as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's been such a journey. So for me, in order to get out of that struggle, in order to pursue happiness and, and live life the way I truly want to live it, um, I had to realize that I can have a good life or, or realize that, you know, I can have happiness and, and that it can be a part of my life. It doesn't have to be something I keep trying to attain or wishing for. And so in order for me to change my life, um, the first thing that I had to do was I had to face what was disrupting my happiness. Uh, after I attempted suicide, I had to face what taught me that I didn't matter, that I wasn't enough or I was unlovable. I had to realize why I felt alone and I had to understand what I was avoiding or escaping and, and how that that's why I was drinking and getting high. When we know what is harming our social, emotional, and mental health, we can determine how to resolve those issues. So if anyone is having a negative self-image or low self-esteem, pinpoint the factors that have developed your views. Identify how your family, your peers, education, religion, politics, your environment, the media, how it all shapes your critical, your self-critical, self-defeating beliefs so that you can unaccept those lessons as truth and recognize what painful experiences are negatively impacting you so you can emotionally heal by forgiving others and yourself. And when I say forgive, it's about, it's not about excusing the behavior or the action, but it's releasing yourself from holding on to that pain or that guilt. There's just so many things. I mean, also it's just recognizing your choice to pursue and engage with what will fulfill your life. So it's uncovering the experiences and the people and and things that bring enjoyment into your life. So you can allow that to be more prominent. And uh, just to make sure that you're also not depending on relationships or material items because things change, relationships can end, material items can be taken away. So just be open to as many variables as you can that can bring you joy. And also you'll you can attain happiness and a healthier mindset for the long term when you're more focused on things that that also can't be taken away. So your choice to be in a state of gratitude or, or feeling at peace. And also, it's important to be aware of what brings you down. If you're around certain people and you notice that they bring you down, are you able to limit your time with them? Are you able to stop spending time with them altogether? Um, if there are certain activities that you do that, that bring you down, then are you able to not participate in those activities anymore? Like for instance, just social media, like that brings me down sometimes, you know, looking at what people post, maybe just seeing how people react to things that I, that I post. So I just, if I have to be on social media, then I'm going to visit the pages where the content is uplifting or um, it makes me laugh. And then I'm need to make sure that I'm emotionally mentally prepared for how others are going to react or 
whatever lack of engagement I'm going to have when I post something. So it's just being aware of the choices that you make and if they're if they're actually going to be bringing you the peace and the happiness that you want. Um, I feel like we it's so important for us to be aware of our autonomy to make intentional choices that will create the experiences that we want in life. I love that. I think that what you had to say about relationships too, I'm so glad you brought that up because our relationships do play a huge role in our overall life and how we spend our time and especially that time outside of maybe our work, but that leisure time is truly dedicated to those friendships and relationships. They play such an important role in our well-being. What can we do? You know, you write a lot about some of the relationships throughout your life, both positive and negative. And I think when I look back on my own life, there have definitely been some that have shaped me in a positive way and others that were certainly toxic or at the very least a little unhealthy. How can we pursue healthier friendships and more conscious friendships and relationships? And what what do we need to do to start to identify some of those unhealthy ones? You know, the best way that I could answer that, I feel like it is so important for us to be able to have healthy relationships that we need to first be true to who we are instead of being what others expect us to be in order for us to avoid abandonment, judgment, or criticism. When you're being yourself, you will more likely also attract people who will respect and appreciate you for who you truly are. So just to dive into that a little bit, in the book, I'm, I was sharing how there was a time when I noticed I was one person trying to be multiple people just to find one person to love me. I was so insecure that I couldn't even notice the people who were in my life that did love me. And I found myself trying to be the right person, depending on which group or person I was around, to then believe I would be worthy of love. And so we, we lose ourselves when we change ourselves. And we also end up not making genuine connections because we spend a lifetime conforming and, or assimilating in order to avoid rejection or judgment. So searching for connections, I accepted relationships that weren't good for me just so I didn't feel alone. So self-awareness is important and knowing who you are in order to be who you truly are to find the people that, that fit with you. So to notice if you're in an unhealthy friendship or a romantic relationship, pay attention to how you treat each other. Pay attention to how you make each other feel. If you're tearing each other down, not being inclusive, trying to change each other, not having good communication, not trusting each other, uh, constantly competing with each other instead of celebrating each other or shining together, you know, that just realize we can shine together. That, that's so important. I just think it's so important to just most importantly be aware of how you're treating each other. Is it with respect and appreciation? And so you got to be aware of your actions and your words. Are they uplifting people or tearing them down? How do you make each other feel at the end of the day? I think that's so important. And I've definitely fallen into that camp of better to be with someone than to be lonely. And Mm -hmm. I, in time, realized that that wasn't always the case, being in bad relationships and feeling bad about myself because either it just wasn't the right person for me or it was maybe more of a toxic person who would say the negative things that, you know, did not help my overall self-worth and being on my own was so much more beneficial to me and Mm -hmm. kind of learning about myself rather than having someone, you know, bringing me down every single day and, you know, trying to figure out what version of myself was going to make that person the happiest. 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 such a struggle sometimes. I mean, I, I get it. We want to have that connection with others. I mean, it, it doesn't feel good to be alone, but it, it gets from a place of when you know your worth, you'll only accept relationships that you know you deserve. And you can shift that thinking of, you're alone to being happy with being independent and finding happiness with yourself and, and enjoy, you know, your own company. So yeah, I I get the whole, like, you know, you don't want to be alone. You don't want to feel alone, but so it's, what can you do to be happy with yourself, be enough love for yourself. And then that way you'll also be projecting that love that you have for yourself out for others to notice. And it'll show them how to love and respect you. Absolutely. I, I love that. And, you know, in the book, you, you, something that you talk about and something I think with spending that time on our own is we really have that time for self-reflection and you share the story of someone telling you that if we believe that we have a purpose, that gives us a reason to stay. And I think finding that purpose for ourselves is something that many of us struggle with. We feel, you know, maybe we're existing on a day-to-day basis and checking things off of a list, but we don't know what really makes us happy, fills our cup. What can we be doing to start finding that purpose and to live a more joy-filled life as opposed to a, you know, making it through the week kind of life? <laughs> yeah, you know, it took me a long time to figure that out. <laughs> um, I, I literally, I just spent like I was just living my life, just like barely getting by and, and just like, you know, living for the day and not trying to figure out like, what can I do to make sure that I'm making choices that are going to benefit me for the long term? What can I do to make sure that I can have a career or I could just anything that was going to be helping me forever, or, you know, as long as I'm here, <laughs> it was just day by day I'm breathing. And so that, that was success for me, you know, um, um, but yeah, to, to find your purpose, just realize what do you love to do? Uh, what brings you happiness? What brings you joy? And and what can you do with that? You know, so like for me, I, just to give an example, I felt like I didn't really start finding my purpose until I got into college and, and started realizing what I enjoyed doing and how making a, a positive difference in people's lives, that was for me, what I felt like this brings me joy, this brings me happiness. So I started participating in programs or activities that dealt with that. And that is how I felt like that was my purpose. So your purpose can be whatever it is right for you. And it's just as you're you know, navigating your way through life, just notice the things that are bringing you happiness, bringing you joy, bringing you peace. And what can you do to have more of that? For me, that that that's how it worked for me for, for finding my purpose. So yeah, I, I think there's just so many different ways to get to that. And it's what works for you and what can make you feel more fulfilled in life. Definitely. Now, we're, we're living in difficult times. I think that mental health is something that is coming more to the forefront because we are living in such an unprecedented situation with a pandemic. People are experiencing loneliness in ways they never have before. I think depression and anxiety and that uncertainty. And I think resilience is something to help get you through, but it can be hard to get into that headspace. What are some of your tips for developing that resilience for difficult times? Yeah, (laughs) to get through the hard times, it is so important to be aware of what's within your control and what isn't and put attention to what's within your control. If you're you're constantly focused on 
all the things that are without of your control. Like we, we couldn't control the pandemic, but we could control what we could do during this time. So it's important to realize your choice and how you react to situations and how you resolve whatever issues come up. Also, if you practice self-care routines that restore you, um, just your, choose the methods that are going to rejuvenate you for, for the moment or and or the long term. So like temporary relief would be going for a walk or a long drive, watching funny movies or taking a nap. Like that would be providing some temporary relief. But then for the long term, it's important to just consistently make sure you're eating healthy and exercising, going to therapy or meditating. Like those are some examples on what you could do for the long term. So it's about remembering your choice to participate in activities or perform actions that will help you during these times of struggles or help you grow. Um, and lastly, recognize the lessons from the experiences. I think it's so important to realize that there's going to be challenges that we face. And when we can realize that there was a lesson from those challenges, that can also help us to become more resilient as well. Like in the book, I, I share multiple challenges that I faced, but one of them was just I could not find my way professionally. Like I, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I, I wasn't going anywhere. Like I said before, I was just living each day, just, you know, breathing. And, and so I was noticing other people around me being successful and all that stuff, but I just wasn't really realizing that, you know, I could have any type of life like that. And so once you realize that you could be in the driver's seat of your, your own life, then, then you realize, okay, the choices I make are going to lead me to where I want to go. So yeah, I was just, I was always living life where I was living with somebody else. I wasn't making sustainable financial choices. I kept working just to get by and, and having two or three jobs a year. And I, I wasn't succeeding with the companies that I owned or co-owned. So then having that experience, it, it allowed me to realize how to handle hardships, how to handle setbacks, and then teach me how to be more creative with solutions and be prepared to handle obstacles and be strategic with each step to ensure that I reach my goals. So it's so important to realize that the things that you face in life, what are you actually learning from them so they can help you to be the person that you want to be? I think that's such a great point too. I know that I really had to get kind of have a little bit of a perspective shift in the last year just with not only this pandemic, but even right before the pandemic, I'd had surgery about a month prior. And so it had kind of set me back on some of the things I'd wanted to do early in the year and kind of reframing my thoughts around that. And just some of the other things that I've had to undergo where at the time, it's really tempting to think, you know, why me and mm -hmm. feel bad for myself. But at the same token, when I look back at it now, there are so many things that have happened, whether it's happening to me or just, you know, things happening in the world where it may have seemed awful at the time. But looking back, I think I'm so happy that this happened to me to the degree that it did because I was able to learn what to do next time if, if there mm -hmm. is a next time. And it has given me, you know, it has strengthened me for the next situation. Any mistakes I made, I know how I can deal with a situation better. And I know what could have gone worse and what I was grateful for in that particular situation as well. And I think gratitude is something that when we are kind of in the thick of it, when it comes to our feelings, when we're having those difficult times, it can be really hard to kind of shift our thoughts over to that gratitude. Yes, I definitely agree with the gratitude. That can seem hard at first when you're when you're in the thick of it, like you said, when you're in the struggle. <laughs> but 
it's just being aware of what you can be grateful for. I, I'm a strong believer in what you focus on increases. So if you are constantly focusing on everything that's going wrong, everything that's hurting you or damaging you, yes, you do need to find solutions in order to have long-term um, happiness, but it's also important to realize what you do have and be grateful for that and let that grow and let that become more of a focus in your life. So you can actually be happy with where you're at and what you do have. Absolutely. Now, I think a lot of times with our mental health and especially in times like this where we're spending, I think, a lot more time on our own. And even though things are starting to maybe go back to normal a little bit more, we've had a lot of time with our thoughts and we are in a situation that is just not as familiar to us. It can be really kind of a slippery slope. As far as our mental health and overall well-being go, we may not realize right away just over kind of monotonous days as it kind of has been throughout the pandemic that maybe our mental health is slipping a little bit or maybe we are having, you know, those those difficult feelings every day and they're just getting a little bit worse and that can be I think difficult to pinpoint in the beginning. How can we identify Maybe when we're going through a struggle, when, when things are getting a little bit worse, or for the people in our lives, especially when people are quote unquote high functioning and may not have some of the signs that, you know, maybe things are not going right for them. Well, I do want to say with some with some of the things that you were saying that, you know, oftentimes people will associate mental health with psychological disorders. But our, our mental health, it encompasses our overall emotional, psychological, and social well-being. So even though there may be some people who are more vulnerable to experiencing mental health challenges, everyone faces challenges in life that can impact their mental health. So I'm glad that, that we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, some people may be experiencing hardships that are too difficult to bear, and then that can also start people to have suicidal ideation. So we need to share our stories more often so more people can realize that they're not alone with their mental health struggles or they're not alone with having suicidal ideation. As you were saying, we've been through so much um, with the pandemic and just other things life can throw at you. If we can just have conversations more about how we're feeling about what we're experiencing, what have we experienced and, and what did we do and how did we come through it? Just talking about it more will help people to realize that they're not alone and they may feel more comfortable to get the help they need and that could save more lives. So as, as we're trying to get through all of this, we just need to be aware that we're not alone in this and we may have um, been you know, feeling isolated. We may have been, we may have lost others during this time and, and throughout life that that is a part of life and it happens. So it's important to be aware of how you're feeling with what's going on and allow yourself to feel those emotions. I know that sometimes some people may feel like, well, you know, there's only certain emotions you can allow yourself to show because then you don't want to appear weak, but then how are we determining what's a weak emotion? What, why choose to be a certain way that's accepted by others? Be what, who you are and feel how you are, because if you're going to be suppressing all of that, it's going to just be inside of you growing and then it's going to erupt at some point. So we need to be honest with how we're feeling, allow ourselves to feel how we feel. And then, you know, that's when we can start after that, after we allow ourselves to feel how we feel, we can start looking into ways to what can we do to feel better. Um, So yeah, is it going to be your self-care routines? Is it going to be speaking with a therapist? What methods do you need to take to make sure that you can take care of your overall wellness? And and that's important. So yeah, I, I definitely think it's important for us 
and it's helpful if more of us are talking about how we're feeling and what's going on so we can realize that, hey, I, I can have someone to talk to. I realize I'm not alone. What can I do to get through this? And on my website, I do offer um, some wellness resources, whether it's suicide prevention or finding a therapist, um, crisis counseling, emotional support, even homelessness assistance and domestic violence services and substance addiction, addiction services. I provide resources for that on my website. So um, if people go to hiehs.com, that, that's on there where people can look into what works, what do they need? On um, Do they need suicide prevention? Are, are they looking for a therapist? Whatever it is that they're going through, because during this time, there was more domestic violence that was going on, more substance use that was going on, as well as more suicides that were happening. So um, if you go to HIH.com, there's resources on there for anyone who is needing someone to talk to. And those are such important resources to have because I, I actually serve on a young professionals board for one of our domestic violence associations out here. And the need has been so much greater during the last year for shelter for families mm-hmm. and for even even pets in those yeah. situations because a lot of times even having shelter for your pet can be a deterrent from from leaving a difficult you know situation and so I'm so glad that you have those resources up there because I think those are things you know you're right a lot of times we do think about you know maybe our chemistry we think about if somebody is predisposed to mental illness or anything like that but we don't always think about how the outside, the external situations can have just as much of an impact on us. Yes, I, I definitely just wanted to to share that because so often we just associate mental health with people who are having certain conditions or chemical imbalances. And, and it's, it's really that our mental health at any time can be affected. And it would just be great if we would allow ourselves to be more understanding and, and not criticize or judge those people when, when they're having those experiences. And um, yeah, just release the stigma that's associated with mm-hmm. mental health, you know, altogether, that would help people to feel comfortable with getting the help that they need. I completely agree. I think that that is so difficult for so many. And I think even what you said earlier about certain feelings, making someone maybe appear weak, but we don't realize, I think that by feeling the feelings and getting the help you need, I think it ultimately makes you stronger. And I think about, I used to watch the show Bones and I remember there was a scene where she talked about the difference between an impermeable substance and a strong substance. And an impermeable substance doesn't let anything in, but the strong substance is able to let the things in and still, you know, survives it. And I think that we have all this internal, external, everything going on. But if we're able to get the help that we need, then we can, I think, move forward in a positive way. And if we can help the others in our lives, too. And so that's another thing I wanted to ask about is how we can support other people in our lives who may be going through something that we may not know the half of what they are feeling and experiencing, but how can we identify who may need our help if they don't come to us and ask for it? And how can we best serve those people in our lives? Yeah, I actually dedicated an entire section to this in my book. <laughs> um, so yeah, we need to have a non-judgmental approach when interacting with someone who's battling with mental health struggles and uh, not make the person feel as though they're flawed, defective, or weak-willed like I shared earlier. So it's important to not criticize. Please don't say things like snap out of it. 
Um, instead, offer empathy, compassion, be supportive, and, and also make sure you're sharing what resources are available so they can see what will work best for them. Yes, there's therapy and medication, but also in addition to that, the self-care remedies uh, that may be helpful to their well-being for the long term is something to practice as well, whether it's meditating, acupuncture, exercising, and eating healthy. I, I brought that up earlier and I'm bringing it up again because how we treat our bodies and what we put into it affects us mentally as well. So I, this is very important to be aware of um, what we're doing physically um, and how that impacts our mind. Um, and then participating in intellectually stimulating activities, um, just participating in activities that are important to them and surrounding themselves with supportive friends and family. Uh, that is important. If you are around people who are understanding to what you're going through and they're not judging you, it, it, it helps them to not necessarily heal, but it just helps them to realize that it doesn't add on that pressure to them. And also being understanding to what someone is going through to not take it personally too, like how they may, maybe they may lash out on you or maybe they are spending less time with you to just not take it personally. It's just stuff that they're going through and that may be how they're reacting at the moment or maybe they need time to themselves so they can't hang out right now or you know depending on how long the time is but just being aware of how they're how they're feeling and being understanding to that and compassionate and empathetic and um just be supportive it, it's definitely i'm not trying to say that it's your job to to make sure that they're happy definitely support from others is helpful and sometimes life-saving but but most importantly those of us who are dealing with emotional stresses and, and having any mental health struggles, we actually have to be the ones to save ourselves. We're the ones who have to put in the effort to take the steps that lead us to the peace and happiness and love that we crave. So yes, please be there for those of us when we need you. And, and that, that is important and that is helpful. But most important, you know, when I wrote this book, I wanted to make sure that I wrote it for people to understand that this is accountability. We have to realize that we're going to be the ones that have to save ourselves. And this is you know, different ways that we can do it. Um, so yeah, just, um, those are just some suggestions that I have for making sure that you're there for those when they need it and how to be supportive. But at the same time, for those of us who are going through that, we also are the ones who have to make sure that we keep choosing to see tomorrow or keep choosing to do what we need to do to bring in the peace and the happiness that we need in our life. I think that's so important. And another question I have, you know, we talked a little bit about the timing right now with the pandemic. That's certainly something that has affected most, if not all of our mental health. I don't know a single person that has not been affected in some way by the pandemic. But I think another thing that has come to light during this time that unfortunately, I think has been, you know, it's been going on for hundreds of years. It has not been just going on since last year. But I think with some of the civil unrest and a lot of the racial tensions that we've experienced, and you talked a little bit about how race and unfortunately racism and identity and all of that have played into mental health. What advice do you have for those who are struggling right now? Because I think with the news cycle and everything that has been happening in this country, it can be really disheartening to, you know, put one foot in front of the other. And what, what advice do you have for, for those who are struggling right now? Definitely. And, and so with what you just said, it's affecting many of us. I guess to answer that question is, who am I speaking of on 
who's struggling. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, to help who's struggling, are, are you talking about the people who are the ones who are marginalized and who continuously have to experience stuff almost on a daily basis? <laughs> are you talking about the people who are aware are they're aware that there's racism or some are becoming more aware of it now mm-hmm. um, definitely after George Floyd's murder um, and what they can do to make sure that they're part of the solution and not the problem <laughs> so it depends on which which area <laughs> so yeah who would you like for me to, to speak on <laughs> well you know I mean definitely both but I would say primarily mm-hmm. first and foremost those who are being marginalized and then mm-hmm. you know probably also the frustration for them too of now seeing you know people are suddenly waking up to it and I'm sure that has to be a difficult thing to be going through that people are experiencing something every single day of their lives and then you know not only are these really triggering videos and everything coming out but you know not only is that happening but then they they see that people had no idea or are suddenly excited to go forward but maybe they're wondering where have you been the last you know 200 300 years yeah it's this that's just so much to unpack (laughs) so yeah definitely I I would say that there's so many different levels not everyone is responding to it the same way or gonna have the same reactions but Definitely, some people are are like, yeah, thank you for finally realizing this stuff is happening, but Mm -hmm. it's been happening, and why didn't you believe us, (laughs) you know? um, So there's definitely some frustration there, and there's definitely some people who are are no longer wanting to make sure that you're understanding our pain Mm -hmm. or are wanting to work together and unite. There are some people who are just like, you know what, we're done. We've tried for so long, and we're just Mm going to build our own communities up, and we're we're just going to, you know, separate. Um, and then there are some where it's like, okay, now that we're finally more people are realizing what's going on and they're more aware and they're wanting to make a difference and, and realize what they can do to actually make sure that they're upholding respect and being inclusive and being equitable and, and, and doing what they can to make sure mm-hmm. that they're promoting social justice. What can we do to work together? So right now it's it's just it's an interesting time. And I think most importantly, people need to realize that we we most importantly need to have humanizing views of each other. We need to realize what has taught us to see each other the way that we do. And I, I mentioned these factors earlier, but it's with our family, with peers, education our environment, uh, politics, religion, the media, the experiences that we've had, all of these factors are teaching us how to see ourselves, how to see others, how to see life situations. And what are these lessons teaching us that keep dividing us? When we are aware that the messages are conditioning us to not have valuing views of each other, we're going to keep making choices and keep reacting and, and performing actions that reflect our beliefs. We're going to have these views of this is reality. And because this is reality, this these are the choices that I'm going to make because this is what I believe reality is. And so we need to be aware of what we believe is reality. Are we seeing people as human beings? And if we're not, how are we treating them? And what can we do to finally see them as a human being and treat them as such? And with my company, Lovemark, that is part of what I do is, is having people identify what taught them to have these dis- disparaging views so we can now unlearn, unaccept that those are truth. 
and then realize how it's impacted the choices that we've made and are making so we can then consciously make choices that are going to reflect that we want to make sure we're treating ourselves and each other with respect, with kindness, and be inclusive and, and be fair. So it's, it's so important to be aware that your perceptions are, are what influences us to do what we do. And so we have to be aware of what our, what our perceptions are so we can intentionally make choices that are going to be where we're being the kind of person that we want to be. And we're making the type of positive impacts in the world that are, that are going to be long lasting. If, if anyone wants examples of what they can do to not just be an ally, but be an accomplice, like mm-hmm. be someone who is a true friend or be an accomplice where you're making sure that you're making choices that are actually going to have a, a positive effect and long lasting positive effect in the world. Um, on my website, if you go to lovemark.com, L-U-V-M-R-K.com, and if you go to the services that I offer, so you'll see self-empowerment workshops, then you'll you'll see diversity, equity, inclusion training. And um, when you click on diversity, equity, inclusion training, I have on there where you can see like ways that you can be an ally or a friend. And then also what you can notice on being more accountable being aware of your actions. What are you saying and what are you doing that is actually impacting people in a certain way? And so I give examples of of how you can be aware of that. So once you know, then you can now consciously make choices to change it. If if you don't know, you don't know. And, And that's another thing where I think it's important to not be so hard on ourselves for realizing, okay, I didn't know something but now I'm learning, so I'm doing my best. But but also it's not just giving yourself a free pass because you say you're doing your best. I think mm-hmm. it's important to realize that you want to keep working at it. You want to keep making sure that you are actually putting forth every single effort that you can to make sure you're treating people like human beings. Yeah, it, it, it frustrates me so much. Like during that time when mm-hmm. I had friends that did not say anything during that time of you know, when people were doing the protests and, and any time that any person has been killed, any black person has, that has been killed um, by a police officers, like I've had friends that haven't said anything that didn't do, you know, didn't post anything or, or didn't talk about it. Or the, I've had friends that then gave excuses for, well, if the person would have been doing this and that wouldn't have happened. There is no excuse for killing someone and, and, and if the person is complying and they still get killed and you're still finding excuse for that, no. And so um, it's changed relationships that I've had. I now know I'm not accepting people in my life that don't value my life, you mm-hmm. know, and for people to not understand when people talk about Black Lives Matter, it's important to realize that for some reason, people keep on saying that they think that Black Lives Matter is mean that we're saying only Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people keep thinking that Um, people are just, we're saying that black lives matter too. And we Mm -hmm. want to be given the same respect, the same justice as everybody else, you know, equal opportunity, whatever. So yeah, I think it's important for people to realize to, to not just look at it as, Oh, well, I'm doing my best or I'm trying. It's like, are you, are you Mm -hmm. truly trying? Are you truly making sure that you're understanding what people are going through and are you making sure that you're not a part of the problem and you're a part of the solution? So be aware of your actions, be aware of your words and know that 
they have an impact and what kind of impact are they making? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think this is such an important conversation to have because I do want to be mindful of those who have been marginalized, who may be listening, and then also those who are friends of those who've been marginalized so that those whose mental health are really you know, struggling right now when with everything, you know, now I think being put on the news with these very, as I said before, I think the videos that are shared have been incredibly triggering for so many people and a lot of the language that has been used. And you're right, people not understanding what Black Lives Matter really means or saying that they're an ally and maybe not recognizing some of their blind spots and where they can be moving forward. So I think having those resources, I will certainly be linking those in the show notes because I think that we can all benefit from those. As far as those who are marginalized going through a time like this where it's difficult to say the, to say the least. And I think it is, you know, not only lived experience, but now also that it is being put into the media. You're seeing different descriptions of what's going on in a way that you might not have seen before and having the conversations like you mentioned with friends who haven't been quite as supportive or who have justified killings and (laughs) brutality and all of that which we're not supposed the police are not supposed to kill guilty people either so how can those who are being marginalized and who are experiencing maybe even worse than before because of everything being brought to the light they're experiencing those differences with their relationships what can they do for self-care and to protect their mental health and to protect themselves in this time i feel it is important to surround yourself with those who are truly your genuine friends or or even family members, people who you truly can genuinely care about, genuinely have a connection and you can talk about this. And I believe being able to talk about this with people, it helps. Being able to share what's going on in your mind, being able to be real with the emotions that you're feeling, that is helpful. And then another way of getting through this is it depends. For some, it is finding out what you can do to just get through it. What can you? What self-care remedies can you do to get through it during the time? And other people are also figuring out, well, what can I do to make sure that we can't have this happen again, or we can finally get to a place where we're having more social justice? You know, so it, some people are getting more actively involved in, in different ways. And activism comes in many ways. Like, Definitely, I thought it was amazing to see people around the United States and outside of the United States, you know, around the world that were also being part of a demonstration of wanting to have racial justice. That is part of activism. But part of activism can also be voting. It can also be signing petitions. It could be donating to organizations. Um, So people are, are looking into, well, what can they do to make sure that they're realizing what resources are out there, what solutions are available to, to make change. So that's another way to help during this time. But most importantly, it, to know who you are, to love yourself, to realize what has conditioned you to believe that you don't matter or you're lesser than or, or anything that is having you devalue yourself. It's important to realize what taught you that so you can know that that's not true and then work on unaccepting those lessons and realize who you are. So once you know what taught you that you don't matter or you're lesser than or anything like that, then you can realize 
where did you learn that from? Like, what experience did you have? What did you see in the media that had you represented a certain way that taught you that you're not beautiful or, you know, you're not as valuable? Realizing what factors shaped those views, you can now be like, okay, I realize that that's where I learned that. And now that I know that's where I learned it, I am no longer going to let that be my truth. And I'm going to change my internal dialogue. So that is what is important to actually make sure that you can completely work on emotional healing and gaining that resilience and moving forward in life is realizing what taught you who you are and knowing what you can do to make sure that you choose who you are and you know who you are and realize that you choose who to be and how to be and that no one else can t- tell your story or tell you who you are. And then you walk your path living your truth. That is how you can continue to be having your resilience and, and having taking back your power. I think it's important most of all to just have that self-awareness and walk with that confidence of who you are. I love that. And you talk a little bit about the confidence in the book of how you even shifted your mindset one day to be thinking about, you know, thinking about yourself as, you know, if if you were absolutely beautiful, what would you do differently and how would you carry yourself differently? And that shifted the way that you carried yourself over that summer. And I think for all people listening, I love the idea of shifting that perspective as you're moving forward and to change your perception of yourself. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting when you, you have these thoughts about yourself and you think that they're just your thoughts. And then when you start to self-reflect and realize what you've seen in your past or what you've learned in your past, Mm -hmm. how that actually has been what's shaped what you see when you look in the mirror, Mm -hmm. then that's how you can start to change your reaction to, it's not about trying to change um, what you see when you look in the mirror, but it's changing how you see it. And yeah, when I watched, yeah, it was during that summer, you're, you're talking about when it was during that summer and I watched a show where this, there was a homely witch who then ended up in the body of a, of a, a beautiful witch. And she started doing things that she wouldn't have normally have done as her older self. And she had all this confidence. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to actually pretend like I am in the body of someone who is just this amazing person. And it wasn't just about, you know, this beautiful person, mm-hmm. but it's just someone who, who was capable, who was confident, yeah. who, you know, had all these great characteristics to, to make them just, be having that confidence and, and love themselves and, and um, go after what they want in life. Mm-hmm. So when I did that, yeah, I, I was walking around just, I was feeling great. And, and it had me realize it's not about constantly trying to talk yourself into it. It's about being it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I haven't ever liked that statement too much of where it says, fake it till you make it. I, mm-hmm. I really, I, I get it. I get the sentiment, but I, I feel like it's a so it's so important to not be faking it. It's so important to realize that you are it. Mm-hmm. It's so important to just, you know, be like, this is what I want in life. And these are the steps I'm going to take to get me there, whether it's re- reaching a goal or reaching the characteristic or an attribute that you want to have. And that can be you. That is you. Mm-hmm. So you choose who you who you are and um, just realizing that you are it. So just be it. I think that's so inspiring because you're right. The person you were hoping to embody was you. You had all of those characteristics already inside of you and you were just carrying yourself in a way that, you know, that you knew that you had those things. So I think 
that is such great advice and something that I think everyone can use a little bit more of in their own life. Yeah, it, 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 it's just to say that some of that, it, it could just come from realizing how other people see you and, and it goes back to wanting that respect or appreciation, like not wanting to be abandoned, not wanting to be rejected, not wanting to be criticized or judged or abandoned. And so then you start creating these characteristics that you feel people are going to appreciate and, and welcome. And so it's when you get to a point where you want to be true to you, then you can start realizing who you really are and who who you want to be and, and start being that and not be so concerned on how other people are going to be feeling about that. I mean, obviously I'm speaking in a way of like, if you're a person who's trying to be your best self. <laughs> so if, if you are that person who just is working to be your best self, just walk with that. Mm-hmm. however that journey takes you wherever it takes you keep walking with the goal in mind of being your best self and not allow other people to make you feel like you're anything other than who you truly are or who you want to be I love that I think that is such excellent advice and now before I let you go I would love to ask you a few of our rapid fire questions just so our listeners can get to know you a little better great wonderful now what is your top wellness tip well, we've been speaking so much about uh, mental health. So just to go a little bit off of that one, I'm, I'm going to say that you're either, there, there was this image that I saw where it was of healthy food. And on, on the, the image, it's, it had a statement that said, you're either feeding the disease or killing it. And I really wow. like that because it was showing that like what you put into your body is either going to be making you sick or making you healthy. And if you are sick, it's either going to continue making you sick or Um, you're either going to be doing what you can to make yourself heal. So yeah, and and that does affect your mind too. Like I said, Mm -hmm. what we put into our bodies, exercising and and eating healthy, all of that, it it affects us mentally too. So yeah, um, realize what you're putting into your body. Are you feeding the disease or are you killing it? I think that's such great advice. I think about almost like you're putting money in the bank. You're putting money toward that savings to to prepare yourself for that rainy day so that if you do get sick, you have something, you know, you, you've built up your immunity, you've built up your system so that hopefully your body responds better if illness does come and, you know, you're protecting yourself. But I think that's incredible advice. I think about when I when I eat a lot of processed foods, I notice that the smallest thing I will cry out of nowhere and I can't handle the situation. I really do think the chemicals in some of our foods play a huge role into our mental health at times. So wonderful advice. <laughs> yes, <definitely. laughs> now, where is your favorite travel destination? Oh, that's so hard. I love <laughs> traveling. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's so many places to choose from. There's there's always an opportunity to just have some great experiences and meet awesome people when you're traveling. But gosh, I, I, uh, I guess I would say that my favorite right now would be Maui. Ooh, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> it was gorgeous. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Okay. Um, oh, Okay, before I would say I was a turtle <laughs> because, yeah, I just, I felt like I moved at a slower pace than anyone else around me. I was like, you know, I, I, I really thought, you know, everyone was more successful than me, just living life better than me, you know. So I, I just felt like I was a turtle. Um, but also, 
I, I would hide in my shell to protect myself. And so I'm not that person anymore. You know, I, I'm finally free, realizing who I am, living my life at my own pace and enjoying my own personal journey. So I don't know uh, a bird because they fly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what bird, but just I feel like birds are free and, you know, they're, they're out there flying. So I would say a bird right now. I love that. <laughs> if you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? Fluently speak multiple languages. I would love that skill myself. It definitely <laughs> help with the travel too. Yes. Oh yeah. That would be fantastic if I, if I could have um, conversations with the locals in, in more of a, hi, how are you? Where's the restroom? <laughs> yes. Yes. Or I don't speak whatever language. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Or I'm lost. Can you yeah. show me how to get here? Yeah. <laughs> And what's next for you on your bucket list? So next is for my husband and I to decide where we want to live and buy a house. Finally buy a house. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that, that's next. That's wonderful. Well, I wish you luck with that. I know it's a it's a wild market right now, but I'm sure you'll find your dream home. And that's very exciting. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Now, Thank you so much for coming on the show. I think we went into so many important topics today, and I think that mental health and suicide, they can often feel like really taboo topics for so many of us, but they're topics that we need to be discussing. I think if this episode can help one person, then I feel that it has done its job, and I you know, truly appreciate you taking your time today to speak with us. And can you tell our listeners where they can find you and connect and where they can purchase your book as well? Yeah. So my website has my contact information. Um, and also if, if you want to reach me on social media and then the self-empowerment workshops, if anyone's interested in that or the wellness uh, opportunities, the resources that are that are available. Um, so if you go to hiyates.com, you can find how to contact me and find, you know, those resources. And if you you're interested in self-empowerment workshops, all that stuff is there. Um, but yeah, uh, when it comes to social media, I, I'm on there definitely. <laughs> but um, Instagram, I feel like I'm on there more and I push stuff to my, my Facebook page um, for my author page. So um, if you go to Instagram, just H.I. Yates, just like my website is H.I. Yates. So um, yeah, that's how people can find me and, and find the book and um, keep in touch with me. Wonderful. I will link all of that in the show notes so listeners can find you. And once again, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your story with us today. Valerie, thank you so much for having me. This was this was a good time and I appreciate being on your show today. I loved getting the chance to chat with Halima Yates. Her book, Dissolving the Anchor, dives into some of these topics even further, so I highly recommend you check it out. It's a great resource, whether you're experiencing mental health challenges yourself or you know someone else who is and you want to be a better support for them. Now, I had the honor of joining Halima for her book launch back in May. I had such a blast. We got to hear from some of the amazing artists who contributed their artwork to the book. And we also heard from other supporters who shared their experiences as well. So you can check out my review of her book at wellnessandwanderlust.net. And I've linked that in the show notes as well. Now, as Halima and I both talked about in this episode, these topics can be really difficult for many of us, but it is so important for us to have these conversations, even if they might be a little bit uncomfortable, and to know what resources are available. 
Now, I have linked all of Holloman's information in the show notes, along with some of the links to resources she mentioned in our conversation, and of course, a link to her book. Be sure to check it out. Again, I could not recommend it more. The illustrations are absolutely beautiful. The stories and advice and poetry she shares in the book are relatable, and they're helpful for those who are going through difficult times. Now, thank you again for sharing a part of your day with us here at Wellness and Wanderlust. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a rating and review for the show on whatever app you're listening on. And if you have a topic you'd like to see, shoot me an email at Valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net. And I hope you have a wonderful day. I will see you next week.